You know, this is the most uh, natural, the most raw, the most organic version of LD the El Disciples are ever going to see, because I'm currently running on no sleep. Yo, 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 what is up, my people, my, my comrades in action, my supporters, my, my backers, the El Disciples. It's your man LD, back again, and today, today LD's exhausted. LD's a, a man of insomnia, that's on the record, but LD's starting to believe Maybe he's just nocturnal. Maybe it's not even a matter of LD can't sleep. Maybe LD's body is just designed to operate on a separate schedule than the rest of the world. Because LD has seen sleep specialists after specialists, and none of them ever have. Well, first off, I mean, let me let me give you this tale. Don't you know? We're we're gonna get in soon to what this podcast is about, but it's in the title, so you know what's coming. LD, little, little little group here, Penn, the University of Penn. You ever heard of them? They're an Ivy League institution. Believe the president, the current president of the United States went there. At least he like made his son go there. I don't know. But, but, but needless to say, Ivy League, big, prestigious organization. UPenn has a sleep center called Penn Medicine, Penn Sleep. LD tried to make an appointment there. You want to know what time they scheduled LD's appointment? It was the only time he could come in? Eight o'clock in the morning. What? Huh? What? Am I wrong? People, like, do you have to, to pregame before you go to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting? You know, they, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think that's how that works. Like, like, LD was exhausted. He could barely make this appointment. The night before, he was debating... Whether, whether it was even worth curing his sleeping problems just to have to wake up early once. That just doesn't make any sense to me. And, and funny enough, this appointment was a few months ago, this initial appointment LD's talking about. A woman in the waiting room accused me of having COVID, COVID-19, the coronavirus, the novel coronavirus, in case you were wondering what I was referring to. So LD sneezes in this waiting room. And this old lady, this old bag, just started barking at me. Just, hur, 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 just starts, hey, you shouldn't be doing, you should be wearing a man. This was, this was literally a week before Rudy Gobert. This was a week before America started to care. This old, this old lady just started laying into LD, to which LD said, ma'am, I'm here for a sleep appointment. She's like, well, still, you're making a ruckus. You're, you're sick. I said, I sneezed. Coronavirus is a cough. If you're going to butt yourself into my business... You may as well at least have the symptoms, right? That's my little antidote for you today. Here's what we're getting into today, ladies and gents. It's Tuesday. It's September 15th. And we just got done with the opening weekend of football. This is going to be a football podcast today. This is going to be a football and betting discussion for the most part. And you know, you might be wondering to yourself, LD, last week on the pod, didn't you talk about the Premier League for an hour and a half and talk about how, you know, the one area of expertise you have uh, to offer us, the one real laser-sharp surgical betting precision that you can implement is soccer? Thank you for listening, person who just said that. Thank you for remembering what LD talks about. And, and you would be correct. LD did just say last week that there are approximately a billion professional, I just did air quotes so you didn't see me because we're on a podcast, professional, you know, bettors and football analysts are a dime a dozen on Twitter. There are thousands of them. There are hundreds of thousands of them. Who even knows, you know? 
Well, that's not what this is about, ladies and gentlemen. LD's not sitting here talking to you right now because he's Mike Mayock. You know, LD's not going to claim that he's going to reinvent the wheel and, and show you some new angle, some new play, some new statistics that are going to completely change the way you watch football. No, that, that, that LD would never claim that. Instead, here's what LD's going to promise you. As a seasoned gambler and a diehard football fan, LD knows for a fact that you bet better when you discuss your plays. You know, it's so easy. Whenever somebody looks at a bet and you start doing that math in your head and you start imagining, you know, the outcomes of that game, you only really imagine, you know, that the game's going to go the way you imagine it to go. I know that might not make sense, but it's like, you know, if you really like the Browns minus six against the Bengals this week, you're going to talk yourself into all the different ways that game can go that is going to result into a Cleveland Browns win, a Cleveland Browns cover of the minus six. So then when the game starts and, and Cincinnati gets a leg up, you get thrown through a loop. You never saw this coming. A fumbled snap, and, and now since he's got the ball right on the three-yard line, who could have seen this coming? And then the question is, was your bet smart enough? Was it good enough to overcome adversity? Hopefully that's what LD is going to bring you uh, today and in podcasts like this. LD hopes to, you know, w- with these discussions with, with friends of his, which, which normally this football podcast, I'm going to be with my, my standard guest, which is producer Nick, who is also my editor on the website. But, you know, L- LD intends these podcasts to sort of be a, an open forum, an open discussion for the football gamblers out there to work out the kinks. You know, we're all in this together. We're all trying to beat the bookie. No one's rooting for the house. So hopefully, you know, LD and Nick can talk on the podcast about their picks for this upcoming week. They can talk about the matchups. Maybe they'll disagree. Maybe you'll disagree with us. All leads to a difference of opinions that could lead to the breaking down uh, of a winning strategy. And then we're all making money. You know, then LD's upgrading his, his microphone. He's getting a second microphone. Maybe LD's getting like a soundboard. Maybe by this time next year during the football season, you know, I could get a nice reggae horn, go eh, 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 something like that going uh, throughout these podcasts. But, you know, right now he's just trying to build up the trust and the rapport with you people that we can all enjoy this together. Also, football's a really popular sport, you know. Football's America's favorite sport. LD loves football. LD was one of those guys in high school who, who wanted to be, you know, the next Mel Kuyper. There was a couple years there where you could put LD up against anyone in the country just when it comes to talking football and and he could have gone tit for tat with that person and because of that I'm a little self-conscious of where I am today I'd still put myself in the upper echelons of football fans he's he's an avid fan he's a great breaker down of the game but you know LD isn't what he once was it made him a little self-conscious to talk football onto the internet when everyone out there could know you know more than the next guy but LD as he said before isn't, isn't here because of his expertise. He's here because of his zest, because of his spice. You know, while, while there's a bevy of people who know more about football than me, LD is confident that at the crossroads of expertise and entertainment, there are few and far between that can beat LD. LD has words for days, man. He can talk forever. He can use big words. He can use interesting words. 
You know, and, and at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. You know, this is about entertainment. This is about having having a discussion with the people, you know. And LD would like to talk start off this uh, football podcast, this football discussion, with his Green Bay Packers. Pause as I take a sip of water there, folks. LD has no idea how many Packer fans he has following him. He surprisingly has a large amount of Timberwolves fans who follow him, which makes him very happy. But that also leads him to believe that they're Minnesota Viking fans, so they may not appreciate this segment. Also has a good amount of Philadelphia sport fans that follow him, since LD himself is from the Philadelphia area. Don't worry, folks. I have an expert here. We're going to get into the Eagles and that debacle soon enough. But let's talk about the pack. The Pack are a marquee team right now because of Aaron Rodgers. You know, we, we've been in the spotlight for a long time. We're one of those teams that's going to get covered on ESPN. We're going to be talked about on Twitter. You know, a lot of people wrote off Aaron Rodgers last year. They thought he was done for. And, and frankly, LD can confirm he, he had a bit of a shaky year. His accuracy looked a bit off. Uh, just nothing was right. You know, it wasn't fun watching the Packers over the last two to three years. And, and you know, we're just talking offensively. The defense... It's been up and down for a while now, but throughout Aaron Rodgers' whole tenure up until until the most recent two to three seasons, the offense was always at least incredibly exciting. I mean, I mean, you know, some some years we didn't have a run game, but we always had the most exciting pass attack in, in the NFL. And then suddenly it stopped. It cost Mike McCarthy his job. It led to us being probably the most heavily criticized the 13-3 team in NFL history last year. But thankfully, with, with God on my shoulders as a witness, LD is pleased to say that this Sunday, Aaron Rodgers was back. He was all the way back, man. He was back like, like back in black, you know? He, he just looked unbelievable. And, and it wasn't just the statistics, it wasn't just the plays. It, it was how Aaron was was executing. You know, he, he wasn't running for first downs or, or, you know, doing crazy scrambles in the pockets, but he looked light on his feet. He could extend his time while, while making in-rhythm throws, and that was something we've been missing for a long time in Packerland. For the last couple of years, it, it's really been the smallest plays that seems to have been the hardest. We haven't been working over the middle. We haven't been, you know, doing kind of timing routes with our receivers. The Packers used to be famous for their back shoulder fade to Jordy Nelson. It was unstoppable, the kind of timing and chemistry that A-Rodge and Jordy had together. And then in recent years, those those back shoulder fades suddenly turn into these, these fade go routes that never worked. A Packer receiver would just run straight down the, the sideline and Rodgers would have to try to put it and drop it into a bucket And it just never executed well. It was horribly frustrating. But that's not what we saw this week. It it looked like, you know, the Packers of of 2012. And and it was exciting, man. Uh, And there really is nothing better than when your football team is is moving the ball well. You know, LD's watched good teams. He's watched bad teams. He's watched complete teams. He's watched the teams with good defense and a bad offense. He's watched teams with a good offense and a bad defense. There is nothing as satisfying as just picking up first downs and marching down the field, you know? And and really, I mean, the Packers had to settle for a field goal on their opening drive, and then we, we got stopped on a fourth down on the goal line. We only punted one time this weekend. 
I would say that that Daniil Hunter was out for the Vikings, which is something to to be noted. But but the Packers also had a lot of defense or offensive line struggles in this game. We ended the game with only five offensive linemen. We started the game with an offensive lineman injured. We quickly added another injury to the mix, and then uh, coming straight out of the half, we lost our, our our best guard too. So we were down three offensive linemen, I believe, at one point, and entered the game with a starter out. So. You know, uh, uh, as much as the Vikings' defensive line may have been hampered by injuries, so were we. So I find that to be a bit of a, a wash. The area for a bit more of concern from the Packers, I'd say, would be the defense. As much as we scored a lot of a lot of uh, points against the Vikings, I almost said runs because I've been in baseball mode for so long. But as much as we put up a lot of points against the Vikings, the Vikings, especially in the second half, seem to have their way with the Packers. We're moving the ball a lot. Uh, we're coming down and scoring kind of never, you know, every time I thought the Packers scored sort of the device, the decisive nail in the coffin touchdown, the Vikings would come right down and score twice. That was on big bombs to Adam Thielen. So they were scoring pretty quick too. To that, I'll say this, Kenny Clark Packers, most important defensive player, maybe honestly, their most valuable player in general probably between him and Devontae Adams in terms of, of the depth that we have in certain positions and, and their needs. But Kenny Clark uh, is, is our best defensive lineman. He's probably, if not definitely, our most valuable defender, uh, and especially against the run, which is a weakness for us as is. Kenny Clark goes into the locker room right before halftime with a groin injury, does not come out for the second half. So, you know, I'm not going to be too critical of the Packers' defensive performance this weekend. They made big plays. They got two stops coming right out of the half, which gave us a chance to kind of build a lead to begin with. But that's definitely something to, to keep an eye on going forward, especially next week, as it's a, a bit of a question whether whether Kenny Clark's going to play, whether, whether it will be healthy enough or start. Next week, the Packers have the Detroit Lions. We're going to get a bit into to gambling as a whole uh, uh, soon enough, but but LD will say this. The Lions are a team that always play the Packers well. Last year, the Packers beat the Lions twice, and I believe technically never had a lead over them during the games because we won both games, one on the last second. May have both been last second field goals. Last second field goals, went. one of them may have been a last second touchdown, but you get the gist. The Lions play us well. The Lions are healthy right now. If Kenny Clark's out come Sunday – and the Packers are expected to uh, to, to win. They're, they're minus six right now. They're, they're almost uh, favored by a touchdown. Kenny Clark's not playing. LD really likes the idea of, of betting on those Lions to cover. I would still take the Packers to win, but I, I definitely think that there would be a softness in the middle of the Packers' defense that is not reflected in the spread of those points. And at the end of the day, as a gambler, we are always looking for value. And now let's move on from the Packers. You know, we're going to we're still going to stay regionally specific here, but but you guys at least might be a little more entertained by what you see because LD while growing up in the shadows of Philadelphia in in right directly in in behind the Liberty Bell, he was never an, an Eagles fan. Not only was LD never an Eagles fan, but LD has had to deal with many a torment, many a kerfuffle with Eagle fans over his life. This gave a young LD a certain bias against the Eagles. A bias that is not, LD will repeat, not found today, as I am an unbiased man who rises above anything 
that could form any sort of opinion to automatically disqualify something. So therefore, with my credentials on the line, LD is going to bring in a dedicated, albeit troubled and depressed in your current moment, Eagles fan, in his producer, in his editor, Producer Nick. Producer Nick, how are you? Hey, LD, how you doing? Uh, this is Producer Nick. Uh, you can give me ND. You can also call me ND if you want, either or. Nick online on Twitter. The O is a zero. Um, it's a strange state of affairs in Philadelphia, LD. I'm, uh, I'm not going to lie. How, how was, how, you know, let, let's add this color to the people just in case they don't know. Eagles were up 17 nothing against the, the Washington football team this past week. Eagles end up losing that game. Nick, I was watching the Packers game as it happened. First, what was the mood as the game was going on? I imagine it was high at first and then it, it faltered. So in the beginning, I have been saying, I've been pounding the drum. I've been saying this is going to be a top-tier defensive line. You're finally getting Malik Jackson healthy. We had half of a game of him last year. Uh, you're going to have Brandon Graham coming off the edge. You're going to have Fletcher Cox. He's going to defensive player of the year type numbers. He's going to get back into that Aaron Donald tier of defensive tackles. But saw that first, saw that first, uh, so that first sequence by the Washington football team. Big stop, three and out. I was like, oh my god, this Eagles defense has not done this in I don't know five years. So like they didn't even do it when they won the Super Bowl. Like they, they just came out finally. The defense made a big stop. I'm fairly certain the Philadelphia Eagles defense had a three and out the Super Bowl season. But continue. They might have. I. It's all a blur to me. They come out, big stop, Brandon Graham, third down. I'm going bananas in the house. I'm like, finally, this is this is it. Come back. They score on the first drive. That they genuinely have not done since the Super Bowl. They never score on the first drive. I, I do remember struggles scoring on the first drive last year. I can confirm his accuracy there. Being able to get a lead and sort of sit on it was never really been the Eagles thing. It's always coming from behind. It's always, you know, quick plays. You know, Doug Peterson, you know, writing it up like nobody, like, like nobody else could. You know, one of the greats in the game today. Um, up 17, nothing. I, I said, I don't, I turned to my little sister. I, I say, she doesn't give a shit, but I turn to her and I say, I, I don't know why I ever doubted this team. This defensive line is legit. This, this offense is ridiculous. Finally, we have, we have two deep threats, not just one, but two deep threats. Something Carson has never had. And it just, um, I mean it, that offensive line, I, I tell you, I tried to ignore it. Cause I always think, you know, you got, you know, you got Jason Peters up there. You got, you got Jason Kelsey, who's, not only one of the all-time great centers, but one of the all-time great Philadelphians. Just one of the all-time great Philly athletes. Just you, you think of him, you think of the Mummer suit, you think of the the big beard, you think of him wearing the Flyers jersey at practice. The Mummers is a Philadelphia tradition where white people dress up in ridiculous outfits and get raging drunk a couple times a year. I don't know. It's once a year. It's on once New, a year, New, Year's New, Year's New Year's Day. It's Philly culture right there. You know, I, I, you think of Jason Kelsey as one of the all-time greats, and then, but that right side of the line without Brandon Brooks and finding out that Lane wasn't there, they started Jack Driscoll, a rookie out of Auburn at right, at right tackle. I mean, that's a tough look. And, you know, what ended up happening was Carson, he's a guy who likes to improvise, and he's never really had to improvise with a bad offensive line. He's always had to improvise with a good offensive line. And just he just tried to do too much. And he, in my opinion, cost them the game. I think that he just – he didn't know what to do. He was holding on to the ball for way too long. This weekend, Carson Wentz was trying to improvise like a student at the Upright Citizens Brigade who've only ever been told they're good at improv by their parents. Keep going there. That's, that's actually a great, a great analogy. 
because we treat him like our son. But I mean, I <laughs> oh, we're I, getting into that in a minute here. Okay, so we, you know, what, let's get into that now. So, look, LD is a fair and balanced man. He's an unbiased man. This isn't just a Philadelphia problem. This is a phenomenon that I've noticed that that is a mystery to me. Everybody loves football. Everybody loves their football team. For some reason, we love the quarterback more than anyone else on the football team. Now, it makes sense, kind of. Like, it makes sense in the great – like, I understand why it happens, but, like, it doesn't need to happen. And what I mean by this is – and once again, this is not exclusive to Philly, but LD can only talk to the area where he sees all the tweets, where he listens to all the radio, and he knows what all the fans are saying. Eagle fans, for a whole – would gladly, gladly march half of that team to the depths of the ocean with anchors tied around their ankles than, than even say hey, Carson Wentz was, was kind of bad that game. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree whatsoever. I mean, I, I, I seen a couple of beat writers step up and say the right thing and be like, listen, Carson, Carson needs to do better. He needs to mm-hmm. be better. He needs to. He cannot improvise like this with this offensive line. I mean, for, for crying out loud, a kid who went to me in Nick's high school posts on Facebook this week. Carson Wentz has two interceptions and a fumble this game. This kid posts on Facebook and goes, I mean, I'm mad about the Eagles, but what can you do? You can't win a game when the offensive line does this and your tight end does this and your secondary does this. Makes no mention of any of the turnovers. And like, that's the, is, is, you know, last year, the fun game to play by Eagle fans was that Carson Wentz had no help. That's what it all was on Twitter. Like, like, and it was crazy. And it was crazy to the point. I mean, it makes sense. Let me make that clear. Carson Wentz had a very, very bad cast of weapons last season. But where it didn't make sense is like Boston Scott, the Eagles backup running back, had three touchdowns in a game against the Giants last year, a very important game. Right, Nick? Very important. That was very important. It was uh, We had to win out pretty yeah. much to get the division. And and, uh, and that's a divisional. Boston Scott has three touchdowns. Everyone's talking, Carson! Carson did it! Carson won the... I knew Carson wouldn't let us lose. I mean, I'm not saying Carson... You know, you got to sit there and say, fuck Carson once. It was all Boston Scott. But, like, how are you going to complain that a man has no weapons and when a player hears you... When a player says, Philadelphia, my name might be Boston, but I'm your son today. And I'm going to give everything I've got to make you people happy. How are you going to have a guy do that and respond by saying, Carson, Carson, he's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. And then when once overthrows Boston Scott on a wheel route, it's Boston Scott's fault. It's, it's kind of crazy. Where are you at? How much fault do you rest on Carson's shoulders for Sunday? This Sunday, yes. like this upcoming game against the Rams, I no think, no I'm saying this past Sunday. Oh, this past Sunday. How much would you blame him for that? Seventy five percent him, twenty five percent offensive line. I, I think that the defense was awesome. Mm-hmm. I think the secondary was great. I, I think that Darius Slay is not getting any credit because of how bad the offensive line was, but Darius Slay was awesome. Mm-hmm. He allowed two catches to Terry McLaurin, who he struggled yep. with last year. The, uh, Jim Schwartz came out today said he followed him for over fifty plays. That's, that's tough to do. That's, that's what elite cornerbacks do is follow someone. And that's something that we have wanted for so long. I've watched bad cornerback play literally for my whole life. I can't remember a good corner. I think there's Namdi or not Namdi um, uh, Samuel, Samuel was yeah. the last good corner I truly remember watching in front of my mm-hmm. face. And before that, like Sheldon Brown and Leto Shepard. Yeah. That was early two thousands. That was our childhood. That's the same. Like Forever. I hardly remember that. Yeah. Like, yeah. but I do. I see the jerseys at the stadium. I mean, it's it's 
it w- he was really, really good. And I, I feel as if that's getting overshadowed. And that's going to actually get a little bit in, got a little bit in my gambling preview. Mm-hmm. With the All right. We'll, we'll talk a little gambling preview soon. We're, we're getting there. But le- now let me ask you this. Now, now I know you're, you are a Carson Wentz guy, which is fine. I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting here knocking Carson Wentz. I'm not saying anyone who likes him is an idiot. I'm just establishing you are a fan of his because you're sitting next to me right now while I'm dumping on him on the podcast for the entertainment of the El Disciples. But, like, you, you, I will give you that, you know, when, you're, when the game's not on, you know, because everyone's biased in the moment when they're watching their team. You know, you're, you're cheering at that moment. You're, you're, you know, you care more about the Eagles than once. You're not one of those guys that will sacrifice the team so much because you're defending the guy. How long, you know, like, like, how? What do you think the leash is like on Carson right now with with the majority of Eagle fans? I I think that he couldn't have a longer leash with these fans. Really? I, so you don't I, think it's it's shortening at all? No, I, I think that there's maybe three guys on the radio that are like, all right, this guy, like, hey guys, we got to be a little bit more realistic. But mm-hmm. I, I I don't think. I mean, I think the fan base as a whole. I think that because of the way that I really like Donovan, and I've always really liked Donovan, and I always thought I I do think. He has a case for the Hall of Fame. I don't think he's going to make it, but I do. I absolutely adore Donovan McNabb. I think he's great. I think I met him. He's a really nice guy. I, I, I'm a huge fan of him. I agree with them to, to retiring his number. All of that. I, I, I just think we never had that MVP quarterback like we did in 2017 with Wentz. And I think that everyone just cannot like I, I like I can't put into words what that was like. For me, and I can't even imagine what it was like for these Eagles fans that have been fans of the team for 35, 40 years, where they watched pretty much bad quarterback play, except for Randall and Donovan for so long. And it's just, I think that they just love him. Like, if you ask any Philadelphia dude over the age of 40, what they 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 will defend him to the death. And I don't know what it is. It might just be because of the fan base. I, I really, truly don't know. I do think Carson Wentz is a top 10 quarterback. I really, truthfully, in my heart, do believe that. I think he, I think he could be just as good as Deshaun Watson. Um, I don't really think that's a, I, I think that's a very fair comparison because I think they're both good at improvising. I think Deshaun's a better runner, but I think Carson's a better thrower. Um, but overall, like I do think Carson is the upper echelon of quarterbacks, but I do not think he's in that Mahomes category. Like I hear a lot of national media guys say he's he's like Mahomes, but he doesn't have this. But no, he he's not. I, I and I love the guy. I really do. I think he's a great quarterback. But I, I think that he also is a product of a one of the I think the best. I think the best head coach in the game. No, that, and and that's something that's always bothered me a bit too when I talked about people discrediting people to prop up their quarterback. Because I I truthfully like. Be from the outside looking in, I think Doug Peterson is the magic in Philly, Philly, at least the biggest part of it. Like as an opponent, you know, if the Packers were missing a head coach and missing a quarterback, I personally would rather have Doug Peterson from that combo than Carson Wentz. And and I'll wrap this up uh, with our Eagles, with our Carson Wentz talk, and then we'll get into uh, betting. We're going to review last week, talk about next week. That's my issue with the Eagle fans and with the Carson Wentz hype and and rating. Is that this? Is that? You know, he is a top, I would agree with you, he's a top 10 quarterback. You know, he's a top young quarterback. He has a lot of potential. He's he's got one of the best arms, all of those things. But I think your standard Philadelphian, your standard Eagles fan, likes to talk about Carson Wentz and treat Carson Wentz like he's that guy in 2017. Like, like Like it's halftime of that game against the Rams where he tore his ACL and it's all been up in the air since then. And, like, we haven't seen anything else. It's now been, what, two, three years since that? 
And I'm not saying that he isn't phenomenal, but he hasn't been specifically that guy. He was playing like Aaron Rodgers and he wasn't turning it over. He was hitting guy like, you know, he was he was playing like Mahomes. He was playing like Rodgers. He was playing like he was even better than what we've seen anything from Deshaun Watson yet. But that was that was 14 straight games. You know, maybe he was really hot. Maybe everything was clicking. Maybe he was that guy, but he's lost it a little bit, you know, uh, through the injuries and, and through some, some, you know, time, some confidence. I don't know what. But that's just my issue, is that you cannot look me in the eyes and tell me that Carson Wentz is, is you know, X guy because of what he did on a regular season run in 2017. And I'm not going to bemoan him for not winning a playoff game yet, because that's not his fault. If he had been healthy that year, he would have won a playoff game. That's common sense. We all know that. But just don't tell me this guy is basically an MVP because he was leading for it once and he hasn't been once since, you know? That, that, that's just how I see, how I feel about that. But, you know, that, that's Carson Wentz for you. Uh, Technically, he did win the AP MVP that year. Uh, that was all many, player of the year. Many do not give him credit for that. The, the media will never tell you. All right. Well, my, my corrections and fact-checking of Nick was far more important and uh, more accurate that one line about Carson Wentz and the Upright Citizens Brigade, that's the sort of fact-checking that the people need. But now we're looking past Carson Wentz. We're going to talk gambling. We're going to talk football. And you can't go to the future. So let's take a second here to look a bit at how we did in week one of the NFL, you know, gambling-wise. We're not, we're not doing records. We're not, I don't think all my public bets over the weekend were, were of the Premier League where I went. Six and one, very impressive. LD's got a little uh, Premier League action for you at the end of this podcast, too. But anyway, so, so you know, our records doesn't matter too much, but I know I had a very good week one. You had a, a subpar one. Uh, some would say terrible, LD. So let's just look at, well, you know, what, what were the big wins and the big losses for us week one? I, I'm going to start with my two big wins. These were the teams. LD's a big tease guy. I know that that's a bit of an abrupt transition, but but I was talking about this on, on my Twitter account, at LDTheMan on Twitter the other day. LD's gambling alias, his top one, besides his blackjack name at tables, is the Tease Knight, akin to the Dark Knight, Batman. When Aaron Rodgers broke his clavicle two, two to three years ago, my last semester in school in sunny Santa Barbara, California, I was so heartbroken at my football season being flushed down the drain that I went on a 28-0 teaser run, the likes of which this world will never see. LD loves the teaser. Some people online hate the teaser. The teaser gets shit on sometimes. The teaser gets mocked. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with you people. You don't like an easier way to make money. Imagine if you were at work, if you were at your job in the office, and your boss was like, hey, Skipper, I got this this new system. We got this new payment and work structure that's going to result in you taking less risk and and earning more money. You want to do that? Imagine saying like, nah, man, that that way is just for pussies, dude. I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. So I tease games sometimes. LD's two big winners this week were the Rams and the Steelers. LD tied many, many a teaser, many a parlay to those two teams, one on Monday night, the other on Sunday night, and they both won. They, they, the games went just about how I expected. And really, there's nothing better than a good plan coming together. You know, uh, Dallas was held in check. I, I felt like Dallas was getting a little too much love this year. And the Giants, kind of the same thing, honestly. I, I will say I was not too impressed by either the Steelers or the Rams. So we'll get into that when we talk about next week's games. But 
More importantly, the Cowboys and the Giants were as disappointing as uh, as lackluster as I was expecting. How about you, Nick? Did, did you have any winners or any any big like game that you liked, whether you took it or not? That that turned out how you saw it this week. So uh, it's Tuesday as we record this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved Denver. Uh, I, but I don't like taking the points. Whenever you can give me more money, I'm like, I, I just see the money. I'm like, money, money. I, I just want the money. I don't want the points. Just give me the extra money. Um, so plus three would have been great for the Broncos. Uh, that would have been a great bet if you took the points. But I know never take the points. And I think Denver lost that game on purpose. I would like an investigation. That throw into the end zone on third down when all they needed was a first down was the most asinine thing I've ever seen in my life. They have not been able to move the ball like that the entire game. The Titans' defense is pretty stout. Uh, Titans' defense was fired up. Yeah, they were great. I, I thought they played a great game. I can't believe it. I do like Denver. I think that they're a good team. I I, I don't buy into that. I, I think they really could have won that game yesterday. I cannot tr- truly cannot believe that they did. And funny enough, in, in an all-time bad beat, Nick was leaving my house last night at halftime of that game, and I took the Titans minus two and a half live at half. And Nick said, oh, give me that Denver money line. So we were both losers because goddamn Steven Gaskowski, he could forget about a field. Like that guy couldn't hit anything. I didn't need him to make one of the three field goals he missed to cover that spread. I needed him to make the one extra point he missed. This guy couldn't even make an extra point last night. I can't get over Fangio holding the two timeouts at the end. I can't get I, I like. Oh, that was crazy, it, too. Yeah, there was a lot it. of that, that. That was a nutty. I was I was like, all right, so here you called the timeout. Yeah, and he just, he just wouldn't call. The clock just kept draining. I'm like, this, like Gaskowski, like he's not gonna miss again. Like, yeah, he's I was very like, lucky. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't understand. I don't. Understand. And honestly, I think that kick was closer than a field uh, or uh, extra it point. Was, it was. It and, was. And here's the other thing that's crazy to me, man. I remember a couple years ago. I, th- I this is off the top of my head. I think it was it was 2013. It was around then where Mason Crosby, Packers all-time leader in points, had a big meltdown. Like these kickers who are great. We'll just have these meltdowns where they can't make it. Like it's it's obviously a mental thing. It's a confidence thing. How? I'm, unless you're Randy uh, Bullock, and it's it's unfortunately a terrible muscular injury. But like I don't understand. Like Steven Gaskowski, bro, you've Super Bowl rings. Like you've kicked uh, a billion. You you know what you got to think, Steven Gaskowski, and I love doing this. I love myself, LD, a man who's never stepped foot in an NFL stadium to play, who couldn't kick. A 30-yard field goal, simplifying this to this level. But Steven Gostkowski, you know what I do have some history of? Being a nut job. Being crazy. LD's a crazy person. His brain isn't normal. You think LD's got a normal brain talking in the third person all the time, staying up all night, doing podcasts with this much energy when he hasn't had a wink of sleep? No. So here's what I'm going to tell you, Steven Gostkowski. The next time you're having a mental breakdown on the field, just remember, oh, yeah, I may have just missed those two kicks. But I've made 43,762 of them before that. Is that so hard to ask for? I mean, and, and also, one of them was a bad snap. Which yeah. No one, he got no credit for that. I mean, one of them was a little wide. To, he wasn't one of them got blocked. But that extra point is yeah, yeah, but that extra point's unforgivable and not just because it cost me money. Yeah, no, that's true. Then, then on, on one other win that LD had that he was very proud of. Was he, he teased, and, and this is where, and you know, obviously the tease didn't end up mattering, but LD teased the Bears from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half, and you want to know who wasn't sweating a single bullet when DeAndre Swift dropped that one in the end zone? You want to know who wasn't worried when the Bears had pulled back but hadn't taken the lead yet? This guy. 
But at the end of the day, there's nothing. Like, I had written that game off. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, well, lost that Bears game. There's one teaser down. Way to go. There is nothing better than marking off a gambling uh, a bet as a loss and then having it resurrect like the famous Undertaker gif. That is the best feat. Anytime you get to send that gif of the Undertaker's hand coming flying out of the dirt or the Undertaker sitting up or the Undertaker kicking out of that casket, the Undertaker really has left us a phenomenal legacy of gift work, by the way. Absolutely. Of, and purely of resurrect. How many times has that man been resurrected? Uh, I, countless, I mean, countless I mean, throughout geez. the 90s, he's been more resurrected more than anybody. The Undertaker. Oh, man. But but yeah, that's what happened to LD. So so that's where things turned turned up. And then there's there's one other game that I that I wanted to mention. LD did lose a teaser because of this. You know, week one week one's always funny to LD. LD always has a couple big wins week one because you know there are certain scenarios just where the book gets it wrong, or it's not even the book as much as the public. You know what I mean? Like like it's easy to bet against the trend. Like like betting the Saints. I had a little money on the Saints minus four this week. That was an easy bet, knowing that. You know, everyone was going to be crashing the Patriots, that they were the hot, fun, new thing, you know. But, you know, week one also, it brings you some challenges. You never want to spread yourself too thin on the board week one because we don't have any data. We haven't watched any of this yet. You, you don't know who's going to do what exactly, you know. But going into this week, we're, we, we kick things – oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just completely left track of I, – that's how long-winded LD is, people. LD was just trying to make a point and bring up this team that tricked him week one, and then he almost transitioned to, to this week's board because he forgot where he started. The team that I was referencing that tricked me week one was the Atlanta Falcons. And they didn't even trick me so much as the game. The, the books tricked me. That game started with the Falcons, like, minus one at home to Seattle. And, like, 64% of the public money was on Seattle because why wouldn't it be? You know, Seattle's 50 times better than Atlanta. Atlanta has been the team of disappointment since losing that Super Bowl. They've been a laughing stock, and not just because of the comeback, because of how bad they've been lately. I will never, ever not bet on Atlanta, ever. Well, see, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I didn't bet on Atlanta because they had some supposedly bad team. You know, it wasn't Atlanta the Washington versus the Washington football team, and I was like, oh, give me the Falcons, Matty Ice, Julio, Todd Gurley, all the first round, you know, LD wasn't a fool. LD purely bet on Atlanta minus one against the Seahawks because it didn't make any sense. That's a classic rat line. You will not find a line this week or any week. Rat, like, like for instance, uh, you know, uh, the, the Eagles line this week has already shifted like five points because normally that's what happens. When the public's all over something and it doesn't make any sense. But now with the Atlanta, you know, but that's what happens sometimes, folks, is if you try to blindly follow the gambler's logic, you end up getting lost in the weeds. So don't go all gambling logic week one. At least that's what LD says, you know. And also, especially with like this whole COVID era, like, you know, the Seahawks are known as a bad road team. Does that even matter right now? I don't think so. I mean, there's the travel aspect, but... Now let's look at a, uh, let's take a little peek at this board. First game I got this week, Nick, is Browns minus six versus the Bengals. What do, what do you what do you think of that matchup right off the bat? I think that the Bengals look very good. Actually, I was very impressed with Joe Burrow. I thought he was going to struggle early. I with the uh, offensive line being a bit of a question mark and 
him still being kind of new, not having a preseason. I really thought he was going to struggle. Man, he is really cool. And I mm-hmm. really like rooting for him. And they really should have won that game if it wasn't for that catastrophic injury right, Randy Bullock. Folks, it is a shame that Randy Bullock missed that field goal and then had his moment of, of excusable embarrassment thrusted onto the spotlight like that. Who among us haven't gotten hurt before? Who among us? That, to me, I tell you what, I watched the Eagles game, and I – I was down bad. All right. You know, I, I didn't want to, I didn't think we were going to lose to the football team week one. You know, I really didn't. I thought the Eagles were going to absolutely blow the doors off of them. A 17, nothing. I was like, this game is over. Um, but I'll tell you what, I was down bad. I was up in my room. I took a quick nap. I woke up and I saw the Cincinnati game on red zone. He was going for that field goal. Absolute. Just, just missed it. Just, just missed it. Like I, you know, it's almost like when you when you hit a golf ball and it just start just flies over to the right. You know what I'm saying? You, you, it was, it was not even close. Like it, it wasn't that it was blocked. It wasn't that he had a bad kick. It was just he just missed. Like it, it happens. And that fake injury, man, that was the most relatable thing I've ever seen. I, that's exa- that is exactly what I would have done. That is, if you had told me I just missed a Google, I would. He he absolutely hammed it up for the for the for the cameras and everything, grabbing his right leg, saying it was his left leg. That was I was in tears laughing. It brought me so much joy. I cannot thank him enough. Honestly, I think he deserves more credit for how quickly he exit. He like grabbed his leg. He knew it was gone right away. It like, was it, it was, was in the mo- honestly that he was thinking quick. You know he he that ball did not feel good coming off his foot, and he thought, uh oh, Randy. You be, you be, you've been down this corridor before. What do you? What door are you going to open now? You know. It was a shank drive off the tee. It was exactly. It was. It's. It's. I don't know if, if anybody plays golf. If you play golf and you hit it and you just shank to the right, you just know you didn't hit it right. You know, like. But, but even then, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have the wherewithal to immediately drop your club and clutch your wrist. <laughs> yeah, you know. No, of course not. That's what brought me so much joy was the fake injury because I know that if I was in that scenario, that is literally exactly what I would have done. Could not blame him at all. But it was nice to see Fat Randy. I did not know he was on a team. It was it, it was a big joy to my Sunday. Now, let me give you this. I kind of like the Browns on this game because I liked the moves. Of the Now, now with a caveat, the Browns' defense is very, very banged up. Once again, I'm not we're, – we're just reviewing the, the, the board here for you folks, talking with you. That way, you know, you can get – can can hear our logic to go along with yours. You know, it's Tuesday. It's, it's not Saturday. So so right now, none of these football games we're discussing are ironclad picks. At the end of the podcast, I'm going to give you some Premier League winners for the weekend. Producer Nick is going to give you a couple NFL picks for the weekend. But but right now, we're, we're just spitballing here. I kind of like the Browns because I like the moves they made in the offseason. Their defense is extremely banged up right now. That is the caveat. But... I think the Browns had an incredibly challenging week one opponent in the Ravens. The Ravens, you know, were the best regular season team last year, and then they got embarrassed in the playoffs. So they, there is not a hungrier team in the NFL right now than the Ravens. And hungry dogs run fast. You know, that is the, when it comes to a sport as physical, as demanding and as tough as football, there is nothing more important to remember then a hungry dog runs fastest. And, and, and a big tenet of my sports gambling, especially with football, is sometimes I like to bet on a bad team that overperformed the previous week, especially if they won. 
I like to bet against. I'm sorry. Like take take you know the Bengals lost last week, so so they're not the hung. Uh, but but that being said, they're not the hungriest because they overperformed. They almost won. Joe Burrow, we let that comeback drive. They got screwed. AJ Green wasn't pass interference in the end zone. I didn't think so either. So like I just think the Bengals, you know, they're happy to be there right now. The Browns, they were embarrassed last week. You know, they were embarrassed all of last season. Here comes the Browns. You know, I personally think the Bengals are going to be a popular pick here with the public. And, and you know, if Cleveland's defense is healthy, if I see this game drop to a five and a half or a five, I, I might really consider taking the Browns, to be honest with you. And if, and if I regret that decision, whom do I have to blame but myself? I think this is no brown, no brainer for the Browns. I think it's easy. They absolutely looked te- – they could not have looked worse week one than they did. Um, so I think that they're a great roster. I mean, you cannot deny how many weapons Baker has on offense. I mean, I, I think they're a good team. I think that the Bengals are are feisty, definitely, sort of like Arizona last year a little bit, but I don't see anything. I think the Browns should handle that pretty easily. Now we have Rams-Eagles. The Rams are at the Eagles. The Eagles began this game, what, three points favorite? Four and a half? The Eagles were four and a half point favorites. That has ran, you know, a full five points, maybe more, you know, that that math. It's at one and a half now. The Rams are favored one and a half. This is a game that is screaming to me that the public is slamming the Rams, and that makes me nervous. Nick, what do you think? Um, I, 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 I can't give Eagles. I take the Eagles every. I, sure, I take the Eagles sure. every week, so it doesn't matter to me. I, I think that the Rams deal. They're just going to say, "Oh, Aaron Donald against the Eagles O line." The Eagles are going to have Lane Johnson back. Uh, the record with Lane Johnson is significantly better than without. Uh, I think that they will be better on the offensive line. Jalen Ramsey is a little scary to me, seeing that Carson's decision-making has been pretty shaky week one. Um, but overall, they're a great – the Eagles are a great home team. I don't – it's very sad that, you know, that the fans will not be there, especially shout-out Section 213. It's where my father and I sit when I go to the games. It's a great spot to see the whole stadium from the last row. Um, but, you know, I – I hate that if there was fans, I would say I would bet my house on it. But if there's no fans, it's really weird to me. I think that I think that the Rams look pretty solid week one. I don't think I just really think that Cowboys defense is really bad. I think that the Eagles defense is world better than the Cowboys defense. And the Rams offense did not dominate that Cowboys team. No, they they, they had some problems, you know, uh, uh, scoring toward like like I don't know. They 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 looked fine. The the offense. The, the Rams offense, I mean, but they they certainly did not look spectacular. They, they didn't look they will not deadly. Able, they will not be able to generate the rush like like they did against Dallas against us. There's no chance. The running game, the, you the, mean? yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Like, they won't be able that. to establish the run like that, um, which was going to take away play action. I think, as I said, Darius Slay I think played really well. I am mm. not I'm not touching this game with a stick, um, but I guess if you made me, I would take the Eagles because I'm a fan. I got you. I, I would also probably stay away from this game um, simply because there's so much, you know, like I said, there's still so much uh, unknown with, with kind of the COVID betting world that we live in. The, the, the gambling log, like the gambling logic here is heavily on the Eagles side with, I've never seen like that public surge on the Rams is, is going to be one of the biggest public surges we'll see all season. And, and on top of that though, you know, there is, you know, we talk hungry dog runs fastest, there, there is nothing scarier in the NFL from a gambling's perspective than a 
solid, like a, a, a good team, a team that's not a joke, whose back is against the wall. And the Eagles aren't there yet. The, the best situation where you get that is when a team's 0-2. But the Eagles certainly, you know, if they lose this game, I, I do think it might be somewhat of an embarrassing loss, sort of a, a Aaron Donald goes off, you know, Jalen Ramsey gets a pick, uh, uh, the Rams are just score like Like, I think this will be an ugly one if the Eagles lose it. And I just don't see the Eagles being done this early in the season. And they wouldn't be. 0-2 is not done-done. But, you know, I, I think if they kind of got embarrassed at home here, it would certainly uh, uh, put a weight and a damper on this season. I got one last thing here. Peterson owns McVay. McVay is his child. McVay is his son. Uh, Doug outcoaches him every time they play. That's You always got to remember that the coach really matters. And I don't think that McVay really outcoached Mike McCarthy last week. So honestly, if you're riding with the coach and you're riding with the home team, they do have to fly here. It's a long flight. I don't really fly, but it's a long flight. Um, I would roll with the Eagles if I had to pick, but I, I would stay away from this game. Yeah, if you, you know, if if as the week goes on, we hear better news about the Eagles offensive line, if, if, Lane Johnson is confirmed 100%, which he is. Yeah, it's this morning. Yeah, Nick said this morning it was confirmed. I would like the Eagles, especially if this line keeps moving in the Rams' favor, I would put a tease tag on the Eagles. That is a team that it could be a, a wise move to add six, seven points to that line. Next, we have the Bucks minus nine versus the Panthers. Uh, the Bucks were an interesting case last week. Like I said, I I had I, I had money on the Saints, but that opening drive, I, I you know after that opening drive, I thought I made a mistake for a minute. I thought they just looked like a well-oiled machine. I I wouldn't. There is not a team in this league, maybe maybe the Ravens, and it would depend on the opponent that I would lay nine points with. Uh, I think that the Panthers are fine. I like Matt Rule a lot. I saw him when he was uh, when he was the coach of Temple. I went to a lot of Temple games when I was in college. I went to Drexel, but I went to a lot of Temple games because we didn't have a football team. Um, so I'm a huge Temple football guy. Uh, I love Matt Rule. Uh, hated when he left for Baylor, but uh, no doubt. Uh, I think that the Panthers are a good team. I think Teddy Bridgewater would be better than Drew Brees if he was still in New Orleans. Um, I wouldn't lay nine points with anybody. I'm sure the Bucs will win, but I, nine points is way too many points. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I like the Bucs to win. I do think – I was a little worried last week. They added so many new players, obviously a new quarterback, which is so intricate. I was a little worried about the idea of like we didn't have a normal training camp. How quickly are some of these teams going to be assimilated together? You know, no, 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 the back of each other's hands, you know, how they like their routes, all that immediately. Uh, the Bucks did look a little better than that than I expected. Um, and I and I like the Panthers. I, I thought they were I, they were like plus six and a half against the, the Vegas Raiders last week, and I don't believe they ended up covering, but um, I, I, I thought that was a bit ridiculous, uh, that spread in general. But, you know, they, they have um, they have DJ Moore. They have Teddy Bridgewater now. They have Robbie Anderson. They, they have Christian McCaffrey. They, they certainly have weapons. Now the, the Panthers did cover, so I was right in initially thinking that was too big of a line. I think the Panthers are getting slept on a little bit this year, but – I would stay away from this game. I'm with you that I don't feel com- comfortable with nine points, but I could kind of see the Bucks coming out for a bit of a statement win. Yeah, I can see that too. Next up, we have the Steelers, minus seven and a half versus the Broncos. Uh, now, I would love this game if it was in Denver for the Broncos, to be honest with you, although I imagine they wouldn't be minus seven and, or plus seven and a half then. I, I kind of lean Broncos here, man. I was not. Now, now, the Steelers, it is important to remember. 
This is the kind of see. This is the kind of thing, folks. That the sort of fact that it's very important to. This is why it's important to discuss your gambling uh, habits, your your picks beforehand. These are the sort of tidbits that you might gloss over when you're thinking of how a game went on your own. The Giants were in that game against Pittsburgh more than they should have been because Pittsburgh muffed that opening punt. They three and I don't think they three and out of the Giants. They may have gotten a first down. Then the Giants punt. Steelers muff that punt right on their goal line. Uh, Giants pick it up or are already first and goal right away. And the Giants did the classic Giants thing of scoring a touchdown at the very end when it doesn't matter. They yeah. Are kings of that. They do that every year. Yeah, every year. So that game was a little closer than, than it should have been. But I was not terribly impressed by Pittsburgh this week, to be honest with you. Uh, ben looked good in the – I mean, they, they also they, – they kind of really – the pass game really showed up in the second half, you know. Uh, James Conner ended up spraining his ankle and 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 ended up leaving, but but their backup running back number twenty six played a good game. Um, I I just think I don't know. I mean, Denver's a younger team. I always like going with a team that is the established defense in Pittsburgh. But Aldi's going to come out and say it. He likes the Broncos as an upset pick this week. He's going to take the seven and a half points. I think there. Yeah, I uh, I can't agree anymore. I I can't stand the Steelers. Uh, because I hate Steelers fans, and that's mm-hmm. a story for another day. But I, um, I, I seven and a half points. That that offense looked really bad. Ben Roethlisberger does not look like it, the football does not come out of his arm very cleanly. I don't. He looks like he looks like he's straining to throw every football. It's very straight. He throws the ball like almost. It looks like a little like looks like a kid playing pee wee. Like he just like throw, like pushes it out of his hand. It's very. You know what it looks like? What it looks like Philip Rivers. It actually that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Um, seven and a half points, a lot of points. I still think the Broncos played a good game against a really tough defense. I think the Steelers is a tough defense again, but seven and a half points again, it could be a close game. So I would take Broncos as well. LD uh, through track and field in high school, both Ben Roethlisberger currently and Phillip Rivers, uh, you know, for a long time now, neither of them throw the ball so much as they put it. Looks like a shot put form. Like you're pushing the ball outwards. It's very weird. Um, and now we have Dallas minus five versus the Falcons. Honestly, I, my my heart immediately went to the Falcons stink. Dallas does have a lot of talent. I, I kind of wanted to go Dallas minus five right away, but but I don't know. Am I biased against the Falcons stinking? What do you? I mean, I know you're bi- biased against Dallas, but what um, do you think? That's what I was going to say. It's I'm biased against Dallas. You're biased against the Falcons. I think that the Dallas defense looks really really bad. I think that their I think that their front is not that bad because. I think that Demarcus Lawrence is a beast. I'm not going to take that away from them. I, I think he is a beast. Um, I don't think that Everson Griffin is that great. I don't. I really don't. I don't know why everybody was like, "Oh, this is a huge signing for Dallas." They have no secondary. They have absolutely no secondary. And what do the Falcons do? They throw the ball. So, I, I, I mean, and they got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. That's great. Those are two of the best receivers in football. I really, I, um, I, I like the Falcons here, but I, it's not fair because I am a diehard Eagle fan. Yeah, I, I will say, you know, and there you have it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I, you know, I, I, I will just say, like, I don't know. It's so easy to think of Dallas with everything going right. You know, like, I just, when I try to picture this game, I imagine Zeke getting first downs at the beginning, and then they're working in the passes, and I just imagine the Falcons falling apart more than I imagine Dallas. You look like you've got something. What is this? Yeah, I, I have to address this somewhere. Um, Zeke with the tattoo oh, yeah. on his 
Okay, so I, I am, I am, my, uh, you know, I am a, I'm a pretty big tattoo guy. I, I have a Nick bunch is of to having tattoos what I am to having long hair. I have, I have a bunch of tattoos. I like being tattooed. It's, it's fine. I, I enjoy it. Zeke getting feed me with spoons tattooed on his stomach has to be the most asinine thing I have ever seen. It is more ridiculous than when Chad Johnson changed his name to Ocho Cinco. He looks like the biggest idiot I have ever seen in my life. Anybody, I don't, I don't know if this is a heavily tattooed audience that listens to you all day, but anyone who knows the pain of getting your stomach tattooed, it is, it is the worst pain you have ever felt in your life to get feed me after all of that pain with spoons tattooed on your body forever. That is a that is an all time decision making red flag for me. And I don't know why the media is not talking about it. The, the spoon is a bit of a feminine utensil, too, is it not? I mean, I'm not trying to ju- – I don't, I don't even know if that's the right way. It's just the spoon is not hard, you know? Yeah. A fork, a knife. You know, those are the sorts of things we can talk about. But a spoon? You can't just incorporate a spoon into a foot like, – like football players are supposed to be gladiators. What's he using that spoon for? To eat ass? Am I right? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Also, it makes him look fat. I, I have a butterfly tattooed on me, which people say is feminine, but I don't believe him. And he he has a spoon, and I would significantly rather have the butterfly. Reminds me of a WWE wrestler, Batista, has a belly button tattoo that is clearly for a woman. He used to. I actually think he got it removed. He did. In an interview, <laughs> he said it was because like him and an ex-girlfriend decided to get them together. It's very funny. But yeah, I agree with you. That was a tough tattoo. I don't know why he took that off. That yeah, was- but but Zeke used to have like abs, and he would always wear that the the crop top jersey. You know what I mean? I just cool. feel like yeah, the feed me more with the spoon, and it always makes me think of that dumb gif of him just shoveling the cereal into his mouth. That that's, was I, funny. No, no, I think that's what it, I think is why he does the spoon. No, that is why. Yeah, so so know, Dallas like, was like so fun and exciting for one year. They didn't do anything, obviously. <laughs> they didn't course. win shit. But like one year, they were so fun and exciting. They were like, let's make this funny skit video. Zeke, they say feed you more. Here's just a giant wooden spoon, a shovel of a spoon, and you're just going to forklift Cheerios into your mouth and wash it. Like, it was disgusting. It was grotesque. Grotesque. Did the Cowboys have any class? That's what I want. It was gluttonous. I want to talk about class here. And and the Dallas Cowboys, they have none. Terrible. But, you know, ah. I feel like we've been going with the the points on a lot of these bets. I'm taking Dallas minus five. I don't like it. But I said at the beginning of this year that I thought Mike McCarthy was going to come out hot and everyone was going to suck him off before he blew it late in the season. And that's a lot of oral sex analogies in, in like <laughs> three words there. But but that's just how I feel. I'm taking the Cowboys this Sunday. I actually think the exact opposite. I think that the McCarthy thing is going to be a train wreck. I think if they still had Jason Garrett, they'd be one to know. And uh, I uh, – I cannot. I truly cannot believe that they lost last week against the Rams. So I, I, I would have to go with the Falcons. Stat correction to Nick Lucas also said the Mike McCarthy hiring would be a train wreck just after a brief period of success. Then we have the uh, 49ers minus seven at the Jets. LD's got a little circle on this game because this game is going to be his tease line of the week. For those of you who don't know, I've referenced teaser a few times now. A teaser in betting is when you take multiple teams, much like a parlay, and you lock them all together so you need all of them to hit. But the difference is you're getting points for doing so. So while a three-team parlay might be like $50 to win 300 if you have the right deals, 
three-team teaser is going to be $50 to win $100, but but each of those games you're getting six points added to whichever way you're trying to go. So the reason why, well, it's six points, it could be eight points, it could be, you know, whatever. Six is kind of your standard baseline. But what LD loves about this 49ers at Jets line is that he's positive of this. Every so often, LD gets into a uh, Nostradamus zone with, with gambling where he just sees it happening before it happens. 49ers are in the midst of a Super Bowl hangover. They lost week one to the, uh, to the Cardinals. The Jets stink. The Jets are awful. Jets are terrible. Niners aren't going to lose to the Jets. Know what they're going to do, though? They're not going to cover seven points. A bunch of people are going to bet. Niners minus seven. Oh, they lost last week. They're going to get the revenge this week. The Niners are going to be one and one but they're not winning by seven points. LD is positive that the San Francisco 49ers are going to beat the New York Jets this weekend in a close, surprisingly tight ball game. And LD will be teasing the 49ers at minus seven into all of his teasers this week. That is LD's... Anchor of the tease of, of, of the teases this week. His anchor pick that is going to weigh down all the rest of them, that's going to unite them all, that's going to make, make me have at least one game to insert into each of my teasers. It is going to be the San Francisco 49ers minus seven at the Jets, only I'm going to get them at minus one. I love betting on the Jets. I don't know why. It's something I'm addicted to. I can't stop. Uh, seven points. A lot of points. Uh, I think that Makai Becton is special. I really do. I think he's going to be an absolute all pro at the next level. He showed you week one what he's going to be able to do for Sam Darnold and protecting him. I do worry about them not really having many offensive weapons, especially now with Le'Veon Bell being hurt. Um, my gut tells me 49ers, so that means Jets is right, but I'm, I'm not going to touch this game, honestly. It's too many points. No, so you're all the way out. I'm all the way out. You know, now now this next game is a game that I have nothing to say on. Bills minus five and a half in Miami. I uh, I mean I can't I I I I I want nothing to do with the Miami Dolphins right now. I don't want to bet on them, I don't want to bet against them. Like they're not you know, a couple years ago there was that Jacoby Brissett Colts team that was my favorite team of all time to bet on. They were a fun, They would always get like ten points for some reason. They'd never win, but man, would they always be in the game until the very yeah, end. Yeah, they would always come. Yeah, they were trusty. Yeah, they But these Dolphins, I have no idea. I Everyone thought they were going to play the Pats tough last week. Is it Fitzpatrick? Is it Tua? They were supposed to tank last year. They tanked this year. I don't know. Last year they played everyone good somehow. I don't know. The Bills are a really good team. They I are. Know. I love the Bills. I, LD is is glossing right over this game. Yeah, me too. I have nothing to say. Okay. But shout out to the Bills and shout out to their fans. They're the only fans I think are better than Eagles fans in the whole league. That's it. You know, I've never, I've never been to Ralph something stadium. Ralph Wilson. Ralph Wilson stadium, but I, which I think is now the new era stadium. New era team, like the hats. Yeah. But by the way, like I, I will give you, I will back you up on that Eagles claim. I'm proud of you for saying that because Bill's mafia is like Eagles fans just in a even colder area. Colder, worse. Me, me and you, they lose more. Yeah, and they're not even in like a metropolis. Like at least Philly's a city. I actually, absolutely. You know who's from Meek from Philadelphia? Meek Mill, Kyle Lowry, Will Smith. You want to know who's from Buffalo? Fucking no one. I have no idea. 
I love them so much. Um, Four Falls of Buffalo is my favorite documentary of all time. Uh, and I just, I, I, I love that fan. I am a diehard Eagle fan. I have an Eagles tattoo on my leg. I would only ever wear Buffalo gear if it wasn't Eagles gear. Like that's the only other team that I think I could wear because I respect their fans. It's not even the team. It's not the franchise. It's the fan base. And that's why I love that team. And I'm very glad that they're, they're in a good position. I love Josh Allen, but I'm not touching this game either. Next we have the Colts minus three versus the Vikings. I like the Vikings in this one. Vikings off a, a hard loss to the Packers. I think Phillip Rivers stinks. I think it was a terrible move to bring him in and start him over Jacoby Brissett. I think the Colts' defense is a little bit overrated. Now, the the Vikings, I, they should still be without Daniil Hunter this game. I believe he was put on that short-term, like, three-week IR that, that's been introduced because of corona. Um, they also have a young secondary. They got rid of uh, Xavier Rhodes last season. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander, I don't believe, is there anymore. Maybe Trey Waynes. One of them is also gone as well. They have a very young secondary. But I just think coming off that that loss to the Packers, I think they looked good in that loss. They still have Dalvin Cook. Like I, I, I they still have Anthony Barr. They have Aaron, Eric Kendricks. They have some some good hard hitters on that team still. They have Yannick Nagankawe has some experience against these Colts. I'm going to take the Vikings plus three for sure here. Yeah, uh, that's the easy. I think that's the easy. That's got to be the easiest bet of the week. I, I like. I cannot imagine the Colts being minus against anybody. I want them to keep losing so one day. Doug and Frank can be reunited. That is head coach Frank school. Wright of the of the Colts, formerly of the Wright. Eagles. I love him. Up next, my Packers minus six versus the Lions. If Kenny Clark is out, I, 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 I'm going to straight up say bet the Lions. I still think the Packers win. If Kenny Clark's out, I love teasing the Lions. I like the plus six in general. I, I think with or without Kenny Clark, the Packers Probably, I have about 70% confidence in the Packers winning this game. I do like this as a trap game for the Packers, though, because they do have the Saints next week. As we said earlier, we beat the Lions twice last year without ever having the lead during regulation. I could see this being a big-time revenge game for the Lions. They lost on a heartbreaker last week in multiple ways. I like teasing the Lions. I like the Lions plus six if Kenny Clark is out. I'm leaning Lions on this game against my Green Bay Packers. I've never been on the Packers and they won. That is a fun fact. I've never been on the Packers. I've heard about that. They've never won. Uh, I love the Lions. I love Matt Stafford. I love TJ Hawkinson. I, I wonder if I wonder if Kenny Galladay is coming back this week. I don't think Ooh, that's is. true. Without Galladay, I could see that being tough. I, I could see that. Being I real like tough. that Lions team a lot, though. Another another great fan base. Uh, but battle, battle. Uh, what are the they, Detroit Lions fans? Uh, they got those two guys who dress up. Yeah, they got fans. Detroit Don and super fan. I mean, those guys make me laugh. But that They're doesn't make they, they don't have like the Lions den. They could be doing way better. I, I, the old grown man and the lion. Which, by the way, if you saw that Rams field last week, LD had this call. They have that big, like, Rams skeleton headpiece right on center field. You're a Rams fan. Be the Boneyard. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. That was, that was a good, that was you got a good game. defense going. You're the Boneyard. Yeah, and, they, and the, you know, fun fact, uh, this is uh, my little graphic design nerd coming out, is uh, the jersey color that they use is actually called Bone. They use that, like, tan. It's actually oh. Nike. It's a Nike. I believe it's a Nike Pantone called Bone. Oh, so it's like a pretty that. interesting fun fact. Yeah, I would go Lions all the way here. All right, up next we have Bears minus five and a half versus the Giants. I think we're going to be split on this because I actually like the Giants in this one, I think. I am going to debut something. I was going to save it for my picks, but I'll just I'll say here, every week, bet against the Giants. Every week, they will not cover. They won't cover. They won't win. They are the worst team in the league 
It's not close. Ah. Their fans are delusional. They have nothing going for them. They have a running back who they, <laughs> they have absolutely overdrafted. They have nothing. They have nothing. There's a worse their team in the league than the Giants. The, their coach is a stone cold moron. That, Joe Judge. How could you have that strong of an opinion on Joe moron. Judge? Basically. He has them hating each other in practice. He's going to get someone hurt. He's going to be a one and done. That's a guarantee. That is the ND lock of the season. This I am, is Joe Judge's only year. This is Joe Judge's only year in the NFL. I, maybe he'll get a job next year doing special teams again or something like that. I oh, actually, you're saying NFL. You're not even saying as a head coach. You're saying he's dumb so. No, 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 no. no. Uh, like, I, I could see him coming. I actually, you know, it's funny. I like his attitude. He's got kind of a Philly attitude. I wouldn't hate bringing him in. It's like this, like a defensive I thought he was line, an idiot. Right? It's like a defensive line assistant, something like that. Like he, he seems like he gets the boys going. But there is no, like almost like a Vrabel, but not nearly as smart. I, I. I would bet against the Giants every single against the Giants every week. The Bears, Mitch is back. I I like the Bears. Now the Bears, the Bear Hungry Dog runs fastest, and the Bears are stuffed full of something that's not going to be here this week. Bears are going down, baby. We got Leonard Williams. He's going to be locking down that defensive line. I I just like the Giants, the G-Men. I don't think Joe Judge is that stupid. At least I have no evidence of it. <laughs> you just started bashing that he man's is. intelligence, Will. So you were you were just laying into Joe more. Judge. Absolutely, I would like to see him as like a defensive assistant on the Eagles, but he's got a very Philly mindset. Titans minus nine versus the Jags. Give me the Jags. Yeah, that's that's. I was not impressed by the Titans this week. Actually, though, I don't know. That defense looks stout. Nice, too many points. I said it, I said it earlier. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially against a team like the Titans that are more of a running team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. Give me the Jags. I'll, I'll stick by that. But this one, Cardinals minus six and a half versus the Washington football team. Give me that Washington football team. <laughs> me too. Me too. Give me that D-line. I, that, that, that D-line against that oh, line man. is a matchup nightmare. They have to come here. They have to come there. Which is an absolute dump. The Cardinals of a stadium. are getting getting smoke blown up their bird butts because of what they did to the Eagles last. Week. No, not only that, but it's it's the turf is terrible. Oh, I'm there sorry, the Colorado. Niners. I'm sorry, sorry, the nine. The the Cardinals are being overrated because of beat, they beat the Niners. You keep going, Bozo. The Washington football team. They have that terrible turf that nobody likes. Kyler Murray's a running guy. There is no. I actually that would that, that, we'll get to my bets later. But Washington. Yeah. I mean, you can tease them. They're getting points. You can tease them. I'd throw – I'm going to – LD's telling you right now. He's going to bet Washington. He's going to throw Washington into a teaser. He's going to be all over the former skins this weekend. Absolutely. I really like that one. Ravens minus seven at Houston. What do we think of that? I I feel like that's going to be one where a lot of people are going to be on Houston. I kind of think Houston stinks. I'm on the Ravens on that one. Yeah, I, I am too. Uh, I think a touchdown is is the most I would ever give a team. And as I said earlier, the only way I'm giving a team that many points is if it's the Ravens, not even KC. I I I think the Ravens are the best team in the league. Um, they, they got a tough contest coming up at some point playing the Eagles, but uh, I uh, I like them as I like them at minus seven as well. They absolutely Ravens got the Eagles soon. Yeah, they play them eventually at some point this year. Uh, we, have gonna, the, we have the AFC East. Sure, sure. Some some gentlemen on South Philadelphia with last names with a lot of vowels, and it'll have some nice things to say about Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he was taken with fun fact. He was taken with the Eagles' third second overall pick. But I and I didn't want him anyway. These <laughs> running quarterbacks. He's basically this guy's basically some kind of running back. Oh. That just from my okay. At the end of this, the end of this podcast, Nick, do I do I trust the El Disciples with my 9-11 impression that I was gonna debut? You've heard it, isn't it? Yeah, I do actually. I do, I do trust it a hundred percent. I okay. think that you're good. I think that wait, but I, did I wait too long it? to to ran, I, I randomly I, sprung it up? I don't 12 think so. I think that everybody got scared past because an you hour. Just said, 
Yeah, you mind if LD brings up this 9-11 thing? I imagine a lot of ears perked up when you said that. But I, I would definitely say give me the Ravens. I think that Houston stinks. I like Will Fuller, though. He's cool. I One time, he, him and Deshaun Kaiser against Temple, I was there. Broke my heart. KC, minus 8.5 at San Diego. What do we think of that? Uh, it's, I what does like, San Diego got? They got Joey Bosa. They got they got a nice front seven, I guess. I guess I I, I don't know. I I, I, I like Ty, Tyron Taylor. I do. I just don't think half, the difference between eight and a half and nine to me is is big. I don't know why. I really I honestly don't know why. I I kind of like KC as a tease team maybe. And normally I like going with the points with a teaser because like if I don't feel comfortable taking Kansas City at eight and a half, doesn't that technically mean that I'd love? San Diego at, you know, four, or 13 and a half. But not against a team like Kansas City. I, Kansas City might be a tease line for me. They might be a straight line even. I, I just don't think San Diego has much to offer, to be honest. I don't nah, think they have an identity right now. I think that they'll bring in Herbert in a couple weeks and yeah. see what they got. I, I and like I said, I like Tyrod Taylor. Me too. Yeah. I, this wrong, isn't, I just don't. Think I just think beyond that, they don't have a running game. They don't really have much weapons. I mean, you know, Keenan Allen, whatever. Austin they don't Eckler, have a, too. What? Austin Eckler's good. Yeah, he's more of a passer. None, none of these – you know, Keenan Allen's obviously surely proven. Austin Ecker's a one-year wonder right now. You know, uh, Hunter Henry hasn't lived up to his hyping yet, it seems. He keeps getting hurt. So, I just don't know what to make of that San Diego team. Uh, then we have Seattle, minus four versus the Patriots. What do we think of that one? That one's a big toss-up for I'm me. I'm going to say something that I, I've been dying to say oh, again God. here. I think Bill Belichick is way better than Tom Brady. Oh my god! Yeah, well that's, that was what it was. Oh yeah, well that was a given. Well that's a given. All right, you don't ever met coach and quarterback Co- are two different things. Yeah, coach. Give me the coach. Give me the coach always. And then Aaron Rodgers, he was way better than Mike McCarthy. It, I think we all know <laughs> that. That was an exception to the rule, folks. That Actually, yeah, I, I agree. To I the rule, but I think that the Patriots. I, all right, so yeah, what is this called? They have What's gone this? from like the Evo Empire, but I think with Cam, they're actually likable because Cam is such a cool guy. Yeah. Um, I actually like watching the Patriots because I like Cam so much. I like I And like, I love seeing him with Bill Belichick. Like they really are almost. back in this tough run the ball. Like like they look like a college team almost. I don't think Seattle is that good. I really don't. I don't think they're gonna be able to establish the run that well. I think that the Patriots are pretty strong up front. I I I know I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely rock with the Patriots 100. percent And I know it's kind of gambler's brain because you're always used to betting on the Patriots. But I I mean especially if you're giving them a field goal and like yeah, one and a field goal yeah. like yeah like you know like I would definitely take the Patriots in the points. Seattle probably win, but I, I like the, the three uh, four points. I mean I I lean packs with you, but this is this is marked as a stay away build build some some you know data game type of thing you know sometimes you have a really good handle on something early in the season so you can exploit the books personally ld does not know what to make of the patriots right now he likes them he likes cam newton he likes bill belichick but a lot of their defenders opted out of the season and and i i just don't know i know i have a lot of followers from the boston area a lot of new england's a lot of mass holes so you know if, if any of you fellas have a, have a real handle on the paths right now you know, hit my line and let LD know. But we're going to wrap up the the slate with the Saints minus six and a half at Vegas. Drew Brees is done, though. I think that's pretty obvious based on this past week. But I mean, in, in theory, if, if the Saints could beat the Bucks that badly, why can't they beat Vegas? 
I, I don't understand. This is not enough points. Like that's not enough. Yeah, like, people that's not are enough on points. Vegas. For they, some Vegas reason. is bad. I, yeah. I don't understand it at what all. What did they do last year to earn this love? I have no idea. I, the Saints are good, like, and I'm wary of Drew Brees. And honestly, I I hate the Saints like as much as I hate like the Giants. Like mm-hmm. I, I cannot stand the the Saints. Um, but Sean Payton is a great coach. I mean, he is not going to lose to John Gruden. I mean, that that is only a touchdown. I I also think Drew Brees is done though. I think if they would have kept Teddy Bridgewater, they'd be a Super Bowl team. But I don't think they are because Drew Brees stinks. Yeah. So I um uh, I uh, I'm gonna have to definitely roll with the Saints here, no doubt. And especially if you're giving them less than a touchdown, so they can win by seven and you still win. Yeah. I, I think that's all day. I think I'm, I'm I honestly have that as a pretty pretty strong take too. Like that I'm I, I'm pretty positive I'm going to end up taking the Saints. No tease, nothing, maybe. I mean, no. I mean, you don't want to parlay that money line. It's a little steep. But I think I'm just going to take them uh, minus six and a half for a pretty big, pretty big chunk of change. Personally, mm-hmm. now that we're done with the uh, the slate for this week, talk through everything. You guys heard our opinions. You can start formulating your own. My uh, companion here, producer Nick, is going to give you his NFL picks for the weekend. I'm going to give you my Premier League picks for the weekend. And then I'm going to treat you all with this special impression that I can do here on the podcast where I have enough time and enough space to properly explain the impression, set it up before I do it. A nice a nice little end treat here for the El Disciples, loyal enough to make it here to the end. Now, Nick, you, you go first. All right, so what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give five picks a week. Um, that's a lot of picks. I'm not going to take all of these picks. I might. I, I really might. But these are my five favorite picks on the board. Now, Bozo, I'm not, a, I'm not a seasoned online gambling veteran but i'm pretty sure you're at least supposed to pretend that you're going to take all yeah no picks. I, i'm going to take all these picks I'm gonna he's taking them all for sure for tons of money with money real human money um but uh these are just, i'm gonna do five i'm gonna count them you can follow me at nick online the o for online is actually a zero which because the original nick online that's a whole that is a whole can of worms that i could get into maybe later on if people are interested but um i got my uh my uh stone cold ND lock of the week would be the Eagles Rams under 46. Um, the Eagles defense is strong. I, I, I think that I actually the, really like that. I think that the Rams had trouble, trouble scoring against Dallas last week. I think they're certainly going to have trouble scoring against the Eagles who are a very strong defense up front. Their offensive line is not all that in a bag of chips. Um, I don't think the Eagles are going to score very much because the defensive line is going to be getting to us. Um, and it's one of those things that if it goes over, I don't really care because the Eagles will probably win if it goes over. So I wouldn't really care. Uh, that's my that's my like big one for the week. Um, then I'm going to go Atlanta plus five and a half. I I don't the Dallas defense is just it's porous. I I don't see it. They drafted C.D. Lamb. They should have drafted an, they should have drafted someone on for de- someone for their defense. They should have drafted uh, a pass rusher. They should have done something else. But I think that they're going to pay for that for a while. Uh, not just because I wanted CD Lamb in the draft. I think Jalen Rager is great. LD can attest that I did have Jalen Rager as number three on my big board when I made my big board. Uh, and I also did sprinkle the money line with Atlanta. If you're going to sprinkle like, sprinkle it a little bit, because I really think Atlanta can win this game. If not, it's going to be like a Dallas last second field goal. You know, they, they do like the fucking carry, like the kicker off, you know, like one of those sort of deals. Um, I know this one's going to kind of sound like a homer, not like a homer pick, but it's going to sound like a very public pick. Uh, the Pittsburgh Denver under 41 and a half. I, I, neither of them can score. Neither of them can score. I think that Denver's defense was surprisingly good yesterday. Not that I think that the Titans offense is anything special. I mean, they just, they run the same three plays. It's the shallow cross, a quick out route, and they run the ball with Derrick Henry. That's about it. Um, but I like the under 41 and a half. I don't think that's going to be a high scoring affair at all. 
Uh, they, Pittsburgh struggled to score against the Giants, and if you're struggling to score against the Giants, that's a huge problem. Uh, and I'm gonna take the football team plus six and a half. As much as I think, I the, love saying just it's I'm the best. Team. I love, I love football the football team. team. I think it's, it sounds like it's, it's like cool. America's team. You know what it, I mean? Like the the Ohio the State. Team. I'm gonna take the football team. I love Ron Rivera. I love him. I think that he's gonna coach hmm. up that defensive line. Oh I, yeah. Oh, I yeah. think that not. Okay. And I and I don't think that it was a fluke that they beat the Eagles. I think they're actually a good team. I think Dwayne Haskins is better than Daniel Jones. I think that. Dwayne Haskins is would be just as good as Dak Prescott if you put him in Dallas. I genuinely think that Dwayne Haskins is a good quarterback, and I've been saying this for a while. Not even all that, but Ron Rivera is overcoming cancer to coach. Yeah, I mean, last week I remember me we you know there's that viral story. Oh, Ron Rivera took an IV at halftime to make sure he could come out in the second half and go. You can't bet against something like that. If I would have known anything involving an IV at halftime, I would have just easily just put money. I would. You're bet telling me. That that the the football team's gonna come into the locker room after that game and say, "Ah, sorry, coach. I know you don't got long to live, but we just couldn't try hard enough out there." That defensive line is gonna eat all year. Yeah. I think they're gonna be. Rivera's a defensive coach. Yeah. He's a motivational coach. Yeah, and now he has cancer on his side. I, I I cannot stress enough Washington. Plus, I think that they are not getting their credit. I think they I'm are. Good, I think it's not you. only the Eagles. The Eagles blew that game. Don't get me wrong. I still think the Eagles can get them the second time they play them, but this team is not bad. They, I think they can win six or seven games. Uh, genuinely, I think they can win six or seven games. I think that turf stinks. I think it's hard for Arizona to play there, especially a team that runs that's, that's, that's a fast, quick-play team like Arizona. That turf is no good. Could be some injuries. Never want to see that, but you could see it. And uh, I just, I'm rolling with the football team. And then, as I said, this is going to be a recurring thing. Every week, bet against the Giants. Chicago, I had minus four and a half on mine. Um but it's minus five and a half. If you can get it under a touchdown, take it. The Chicago is going to take it to the bank. And uh, that's my five picks for the week. So I don't know. Uh, I think Nick got his maybe from uh, the same same uh, source as mine, or maybe he went online to Odd Sharks or FanDuel or something. I think it might have been. It might have been DraftKings. Uh, well, I just forget. personally, LD, LD, all of the lines that I, I provided to you guys when we were doing the rundown just came from my bookie. Not not. Let not, me make that clear. Yeah. Not my bookie, LD's bookie. Yeah, that's a better way to describe it. LD is a big fan of the bookie system. You know, LD doesn't want to have to deposit. Like, like LD's a big fan of being down $150 on Thursday and then down $20 on Sunday and being like, well, you know, I got out of that dodge there. LD is not. He has a bit of a gambling problem, so yes. I have to put it in advance or I'm going <laughs> to keep. I'm going to become more sick. P- producer Nick needs me to hold on to his gambling account for him, literally. I, I currently I have changed the password, the password for him. But uh, meanwhile, like LD just likes the opposite. He likes, you know, when you're in a casino, sure, LD likes to buy the bet slip and all that. And it's always fun to get the money you invested in back with the, your winnings because it feels like you want a little bonus, you know. It's a little small brain uh, feeling there for you, but – LD personally goes the bookie route, so that's where all of his lines are. All right, folks. LD has been telling you guys for a while now uh, that he is a monster when it comes to betting the Premier League. And, you know, I, I know I had that whole thing with Nick just a moment ago where we about betting real money, this or that. LD will actually be taking all of the, the bets he makes for sure. And LD's strategy, personally, LD loves to gamble. He likes to cast out a wide net. LD likes to bet smaller sums, but on a larger scale of games. LD's not betting $20 a game. He's not a noob. But I, I'm just saying, like, you know, I'd rather rather throw one and a half units on seven games than three units on two games. That's just the way I go, you know? 
So I will be betting all of these Premier League games because I am confident, or not all the games, but all of my bets, because I'm confident that while I'm not probably going to hit 100% accuracy, like I don't want to pick, you know, if I like the game enough to put out the pick, that means I really like the game. You know, I don't necessarily have a scale where I'm going to tell you, oh, three units on this one, one unit on that one, because it is my hope and, and my experience and my history has been more times than not, you know, I'm going to hit three of one and therefore you get that profit. If I'm only picking my top two or I'm trying to narrow it down to one, I'm almost losing some of that safety net there because I know nine times out of ten I'm going to get the majority of the games right. So my first bet for this Premier League uh, match match week two, as we call it, is going to be playing up the strategy that me and uh, my, my co-host Bradley talked about last week on the Premier League Primer uh, and Gambling Guide podcast. We are going with a uh, money line parlay of two top teams that are favorites. We are parlaying Manchester United's money line with Arsenal's, which will provide us uh, a, a spread right right under uh, even money. I, I think I, I got it at something like uh, 100, 112 or so to, to win 100. But uh, Manchester United of Crystal Palace this weekend, they're, they're more heavily favorites than Arsenal. Man United have not played yet uh, for the new season, so they're going to be pretty fresh. Crystal Palace stinks. They are a, a relegation favorite this year, and, and they came out and looked really good week one. It's LD's logic. They're not going to do that week two. You know, they beat Southampton week one, which is a pretty pretty big uh, uh, deal for them just because, like I said, I think a lot of people would have picked Southampton to win that game, let alone it end in a draw or Crystal Palace win, and I think Palace won like two or three nothing. Man United's a lot better than Crystal Palace. You know, they're going to be looking to, to really step on the throat. Man United's fresh. They've got a lot of firepower. I think that's pretty easy. And and Crystal Palace is like, or Man United's like minus 300 something in that game for a reason. Then we're going to parlay that with Arsenal against West Ham. Arsenal's minus 200 when I got them. Arsenal came out phenomenally last week. Uh, they really looked fired up. I was I was slightly worried about them starting the year early. Once again, Arsenal is my team. Uh, but I bet against my teams all the time, as you saw earlier in this podcast uh, when I was advising that Packers pick. Arsenal's really looking on top of the world right now. Just today, literally today, Tuesday, September 15th, Arsenal announced the, the re-signing of their star striker, Pierre-Emerick Habameyang. That is their best player. They're going to be on high spirits. West Ham was a team that LD touted last week would be relegated, in his opinion, this year. LD's very low on West Ham United. West Ham had a disastrous match week one last week. They looked awful. Actually, they may have been the team that lost to Crystal Palace, now that I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure who Southampton had. But, you know, you can't, like, like You, you know, a team like West Ham, they can't drop the games that they can't afford to drop. And they came out last week looking terrible. So so what are you going to do with that? You can't, you know, you're not going to expect them to bounce back against Arsenal. You know, that, that's not going to happen. And 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 meanwhile, Arsenal, you know, West Ham lost to, to Newcastle last week. I'm sorry, but, you know, Newcastle's another team that not many people are that high on this this year. And meanwhile, if you're going to tell me that West Ham is going to play disastrous against against Newcastle, they didn't even look threatening. They're going to come out the next week and, and draw Arsenal? 
a very fiery Arsenal team, a very fired up Arsenal team. I don't buy that. I have full confidence in that parlay. After that, the second pick is Liverpool money line against Chelsea. Besides for the parlay of two teams that are that are pretty strong favorites that I really like, one of my favorite things to bet in the Premier League are matchups between the big teams. You know, you don't have to worry about a, a trap game type scenario. You don't have to worry about a team being caught off guard. You don't have to worry about motivation. Liverpool's going to show up to play against Chelsea, obviously. Chelsea did not impress me last week against Brighton Hove Albion. Chelsea won... 3-0, which sound or 3-1, which sounds impressive. But but it was not an impressive match when I watched it. Chelsea got a penalty was awarded a penalty in that game. Ch- Chelsea still, you know, they, they got so much shine this summer from their big, big signings. Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, Ben Chilwell. Middle of the park can still be awfully soft for Chelsea. I love Nagolo Conte. I think he's fantastic. But, but I'm not crazy about Jorginho in the Premier League, if I can be perfectly honest. I, I know he's produced well enough, but I think him and Kovacic can provide opposing teams, especially a fast, hard-pressing, talented team like Liverpool, with a lot of chances, a lot of vulnerability in the middle of the park for the Blues, in my opinion. Chelsea also had a lot of defensive struggles last year, and that's, that's the, the weaker area that they've addressed uh, in this offseason. Tiago Silva on a free, Ben Chilwell on a big deal, but but Chilwell's going to be a fullback. He's there to attack as much as defend. I just think a top-notch quality side like Liverpool with a front three as dynamic as Firmino, Salah, and Sané, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Sadio Mane, is just going to take advantage of a, of a week. Kepa looks lost. Chelsea's goalkeeper is in crisis right now. You're going to tell me Liverpool's not going to take advantage of that? Come on. Brighton. Brighton got a lucky goal against Kepa because Kepa's so bad. If you just shoot on Chelsea's net, the ball's going in eventually. Next up, these next two picks are both pickums. And LD is taking them both because in soccer, if you take a pickum as the goal line, you get draw insurance. That means on LD's book, on both of these following two, his last two picks, If the game ends in a draw, it is a push for LD. That is not the case on your book. These picks are not applicable. Because one of them is Tottenham in a pick'em versus Southampton. Southampton lost last week. Tottenham lost last week. Southampton, you know, like I said earlier, probably should have done a little better against Crystal Palace. But, you know, there weren't sky-high expectations for Southampton. They lost Pierre-Emile Hoidberg to, 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 to... Tottenham, the team they're facing this match. You know, Danny Ings had a phenomenal campaign last year as a Southampton striker, but he's not surprising anyone this year. Opponents are going to know they need the game plan for Danny Ings. I mean, I hate Tottenham. I hate Jose Mourinho as much as the next guy. But if Tottenham does not get three points in this matchup against Southampton, they are in full-on crisis, and it's, it's, it's two weeks past, you know? Tottenham has a very busy schedule right now. They have a ton of matchups. They have a midweek matchup this week, but it's against like Sproton Prague. It's for some Czech Republic team that that I would hope to God Tottenham's not playing the, the majority of their first team against. But LG just has a hard time believing that Tottenham's not going to bounce back next week. And, and LD could certainly see a draw coming. 
because he's an experienced Premier League gambler. He knows the way these games work. But once again, that's why he's taking the pick He's protected against the draw. I would not take Tottenham's money line in this game. I do not trust them enough fully to go for the win without having that draw protection. LD's last pick of the day is the pesky seagulls of Brighton Hove Albion in a pick'em versus Newcastle. LD is higher on Newcastle than a lot of people. LD was a big fan of their signings of Callum Wilson and Ryan Frazier. He thinks that that's exactly what the doctor ordered for Newcastle. Fortunately, Newcastle also has some holes in the defense. They're not a complete team. They didn't just need to address their lack of goal scoring. I think Brighton's on the up and up. Since getting promoted about three years ago, Brighton stayed around. They, they, they weren't even in the relegation battle much last year. They had a, a busy summer of signings. And they played Chelsea very well last week. Udley was impressed by the way uh, Brighton Hove Albion uh, performed. And, you know, unfortunately for them, they were versing one of the big six. They were versing Timo Warner and Kai Havertz being debuted. But that's not the week this week when Newcastle, that's not the, uh, the case this week when Newcastle comes to town. I think that's in Newcastle, but still, you get the, the gist. It's just a figure of speech. And once again, Aldi's taking the, uh, the pick him with Brighton for the goal lines, and then he has that draw protection. Those are Aldi's four picks this week. One of them is a, a, a parlay. Those are his Premier League moves. He, he really likes them. And now, Nick, we're going we're gonna to end this podcast for the people with a little treat, a little something special. It was hardly a week ago, it wasn't even, that, that you know we, we passed the September 11th anniversary. Day of tragedy in American history, uh, a terrorist attack on American soil. Terrible. You know, 9-11 is one of those things. Excuse me as I drink some water. I'm going to need a nice moistened throat for this impression I'm about to do. It's uh, worth, worth the wait. So, so 9-11 is something that's a very, you know, even more of a big deal, kind of in this Northeast Corridor. Me and Nick live in South Jersey. We live, you know, within spitting distance of New York. A lot of people's parents in this area, a lot of people in this area work in New York. My mom was in the Lincoln Tunnel during 9-11. My girlfriend's dad was in New York for the other side of the city. My own father, I believe, was in Newark. Yeah, so everyone. You could see it. Yeah, everyone from our area has, you know, all these sorts of stories that we have. So, you know... So this impression doesn't have anything to do with 9-11 itself. It has to do with somebody's reaction to 9-11. Aldi teased this impression on his Twitter account the other day. He asked, can the El Disciples handle it? And I know you can. It's the internet at large that I can handle. Because this impression isn't making fun of 9-11. But unfortunately, this impression touches on someone talking about something that Donald Trump said. That's my issue with presenting this impression to the people, to the public. Because in 2020, brains have never been broken by politics like this before. You know, the, the, especially on the internet, especially on Twitter. Twitter is a, is a vile wasteland of cretins throwing toxic sludge at each other back and forth with a D or an R behind them. You know what I mean? So well, the, once again, guys, things can just be funny, right? Yeah, I think and so. things can just be funny, yeah, huh? I mean, this we this is not by any stretch of the imagination a political podcast. Yeah, and nor is this impression going to be about. It isn't about politics, you know. It uh, this is something LD heard on the radio one day, and it stuck out to him the moment it happened. So this was either 
2016 or 2017. It was either right before Trump took office or right after. It was the 9-11 anniversary. It was not September 11th of that year. And LD was listening to New Jersey 101.5. It's New Jersey's biggest radio station. Every time before break, they go, not New York, not Philadelphia. Proud to be New Jersey. Because no one no one actually likes New Jersey. You know. Yeah, I do. But well, I like New Jersey, too. But we're the, <laughs> well, you know, we're yeah, I, the ugly stepchild. Yeah, you like Philly more than New Jersey. Yeah, but I would like to say, uh, if you are from New Jersey, you know exactly talking about yes. you know exactly i believe it's 101.5 and then i believe in in south i believe in not sorry in north jersey it is a different number but you know exactly what we're talking yes about. and, and this station it and, goes and the show the ld is talking about is called judy and dennis it's two two people woman named judy man named dennis it's just your normal you know drive-by talk show yeah they're both like i would say they're both in their like 50s, 60s. Like yeah. Like my dad loves them. I, yeah. I've heard them in the background of my car, or like in the car my whole life. My mom used to be really big on them, but then it got really political. So she's well, listening. So, so that's where LD was going to get is that, and, and all, you know, from this part forward, none of this is opinionated. All of this is the facts, you know? So, so take it like that. This radio show, it isn't a political show. It wasn't, it, it wasn't normally, but both of the hosts, you just know their politics. You're just both older conservative people. You know what I mean? Like the kind of people that prior to 2016 probably would say they're anti-politics, but no one can be anti-politics anymore. Everybody's thrown in. Well, what were you going to add? I'd say we're, Some from, color. we're from South Jersey, which actually tends to be a bit more of a Republican Yeah, area. New Jersey's a, uh, yeah. a tried and true blue state, but it's really – but like the popular – you know, it always votes blue in terms of, of presidential elections. Every so often a Republican wins the governorship. It, it's a pretty conti- – you know, it's a pretty purple state, all things considered. Yeah. But, you know, so, so – so, but these people – that's what I was just establishing is this was not a political radio show in the sense that, like, this show isn't about politics. It's normally, you know, uh, New Jersey diners. Let's talk about, you know, wh- what's the best ham and cheese in the state. That let's, is, let's, yeah. That is exactly – they were yeah. talking about nothing. Where could you yeah. get the best ham and cheese oh, in yeah, no, Aren't the kids these days uh, – do we really need to pay them that much for babysitting? You know, they just talk about nothing. Like, literally, like, it sounds like old people banter mm-hmm. at a party. Like, yep. it's exactly what it sounds like. And people call in and they give their two cents. And it's almost like a, you know, and then it's like the old man yelling at the cloud. Like it- LD called in once to complain about factual inaccuracies when they were talking about this marine life issue we were having in the ocean. My brother and dad were in the car with me when I called in. They would have, they were acting like LD just walked up to Tom Hanks and shook his hand on the side of the street. He, they, they could not have been more impressed that I had the gall to call into a radio show. But, you know, I wouldn't be here right now if I didn't have the gall to call into a radio show. Shout out to the Barstool Yak. But, Anyway, so now the gist of the story. It's 9-11's anniversary, and, and the female host, Judy, is talking about what Donald Trump had said during the 2016 uh, campaign and election cycle about uh, Muslims. I believe it was specifically he said it, he saw it in Jersey City, but he said, like, oh, I saw Muslims after 9-11 celebrating. They, they, I saw all sorts of them, you know, cheering. It was a big day for them. Needless to say, that that that's probably not the case. It's probably not true. At, at the very least, it's not, not the sentiment of the Muslim people. You know, a lot of Muslims got pretty targeted after 9-11. But again, this is not a political podcast. This is what happened next, people. This is the big impression for you. People started calling in. Judy was all very, well, look, Dennis. She always calls him Den. Look, Den, I'm just saying, 
maybe the president saw that. He's saying he saw it. You know, so what? All these people are getting mad. They're saying it couldn't have happened. There's no way it happened. Says who? Maybe it did happen. Then people started calling him. So you'd get one caller who'd go, Hey, Judy, this is Tony down in Belmar. I just wanted to tell you, Jude, that after that day of 9-11, I walked down onto my front lawn the next day. Oh, boy, my neighbor, Mr. Omar Azrahu Akbar, he, he had the lights on in his house. They were pretty bright. Looked like some kind of party going on overnight. He had a bit of a crooked grin walking to his car. And Judy would just go, oh, well, see, Dennis, there you have it right there. That guy called in. He had, he had no reason to have to call. There was no one forcing him, not a gun to his head. It says he saw a Muslim celebrating. How do you like that? Right there. There you go. Proof. Is that not good enough for you? And then someone else would call in. Uh, yes, hi, J- Judy. Hi, uh, uh, I'm calling in from Morristown. I just wanted to tell you that I... Oh, boy, I babysit this young man, uh, uh, Muhammad Jezebel, and he, oh, he, he looked sad after that there, 9-11. Oh, boy, oh, boy, did he, a frown on his face he had, he said, this is just rotten. And then Judy would go, well, you know, who's to say that that's true? That could have, that, that old bag, she could have just been senile, could have just been seeing it, you know, making things up in her head. There's no evidence of that. We don't know if that, then another call, yo, Jude, my name, old man, I'm just letting you know, offered me a handshake on, on 912. Wouldn't have been doing that if he ain't been pretty glad about what had gone down. Uh, Dennis, did you just hear that right now? Meanwhile, everyone's saying that the president was wrong, and now we have an honest-to-God caller telling us from Elizabeth, New Jersey, that he saw a Muslim man look happy one time in September. Is that not all the evidence you need of that? You're telling me you need more? You're not just fine with that? And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. If you stayed through to the end... You got yourself some, some, some gambling talk, some NFL action. You got yourself some surefire lockdown winners in the Premier League. And you got yourself a phenomenal, one-of-a-kind impression of 9-11 discourse on New Jersey Talk Radio. Where else but the lowdown with LD could you find this? Nick, I wanted to thank you for joining me today. Uh, it's my pleasure, man. We're probably going to maybe do this as a little weekly roundup post the NFL games. Uh, let me know what you guys think. If you enjoyed the show, uh, you know, hit me up on Twitter at the man, LD the man, and you know, like, rate, comment, and subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts now. Very exciting stuff. The future's bright, L disciples, and we're just going to keep on riding, baby. <laughs>